0: I still want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season three, episode 17 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Break On Through. This is definitely one of the more filler episodes. We're making up a lot of ground to kind of launch us into other things. Not that there wasn't exciting stuff happening, but it's definitely more of like, okay, we got to get some information out before we move on to the real last dash of the season. We're warming up to that last lap. So as always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. A century after their first encounter, Damon and Sage meet again at the ceremony to kick off the restoration of Wickery Bridge. Damon is surprised to learn the reason Sage has returned and pleased when she devises an unusual method to help him figure out what Rebecca is up to. Abby is having a hard time adjusting to her new reality, despite Bonnie and Caroline's efforts to help. When Damon informs Elena of Stefan's latest struggles, she reaches out to Stefan to help her save a friend in danger in hopes that it will help bring Stefan even closer to his humanity. Finally, when Damon discovers a new secret weapon, he lets Stefan in on the news. One thing I would say, an unexpected plan to figure out what Rebecca wants. I don't know. Think a little bit, Damon. I don't think you really needed sage there. Not a super unexpected plan, uh, if you have any understanding of Rebecca at all. We open the episode at Mystic Falls Hospital. Meredith is giving Rick an MRI to look for a tumor. Uh, Even though this is a supernatural show, it's obviously not a tumor. You fucking idiot. Yeah. I don't really know why this is necessary. I get that she's like, maybe there's something physical there that we can like treat. Yeah. I get that thought. But it's unlikely. Did anyone really think they were going to find anything? Probably not. And Meredith says, and you know what, even if it's not medical, we're going to treat it. And Rick goes into the MRI machine and there's a little mirror in there. I don't know if that's accurate for MRI machines. I have literally no idea. I am terrified I will ever need an MRI machine. I know I'd have an anxiety attack in there. Yeah. Like I I think about this all the time. I have never once thought about it. (laughs) Fair enough. While Alaric's looking in the mirror at himself, Elena asks Meredith when she started suspecting Alaric. And she says, you know, After he told me about his ring, I remembered this story that my grandmother told me about Samantha Gilbert and her secret journal. She says, I don't know if you know this, but fells are notorious busybodies. Yeah, I've met you, Meredith. We met her, we met Logan, we got it. (laughs) Neither of you could keep your nose out of anybody's business. And Elena says okay, well, why did you protect him? And she says, look, I'm a doctor. I hate when I see someone hurt by something they have no control over. And when I first met him, you know, I felt like I wanted to help him. And Elena's like, yeah, he's got that effect on people because he's, (laughs) you know, pretty stunted emotionally. He's so clearly doing badly most times. Yeah. It's really, I can fix him. That's clearly what Meredith's doing, which like, look inward on that, miss girl. Yeah, I don't think you can fix him. (laughs) But you're sure going to try. Meanwhile, Rick is in the MRI machine and he keeps looking at himself in the mirror and the reflection starts to look a little evil and like different from what Rick's doing. Rick is kind of looking scared, but the reflection is still like very stone faced. It's very ominous. And Rick calls out to Meredith. She asks if everything is all right. He really performatively blinks. And then he says, yeah, everything's okay. And it makes it look like the, the evil side was like, shut up i can handle this shut up it's just an mri machine there's nothing in your brain so we might as well sit still yeah he was freaking out and i was like just tell her you're having an anxiety attack everyone has anxiety attacks in MRI machines because again this is a fear i've had for a while after everything elena goes to meet rick in one of the hospital rooms and she says hey so maridith says everything is normal and rick says yeah Everything is normal because there's nothing wrong with me. I didn't kill Brian. I didn't kill Bill. And I certainly didn't stab myself. And then they both look at the ring on the table and he's like, or maybe I did. (laughs) And I've gone insane. Yeah, he's like, I definitely didn't do it. But I know that it's a possibility that I did it. And if it is that, then I clearly am crazy. And he's like, and I'm crazy, just like your ancestor who wore the ring. And Elena's like, can we all stop talking about how all my ancestors are crazy? It doesn't bode well for me. I don't need to know that. And then Elena says, well, look, I'm going to call Bonnie. These rings were made by a Bennett witch, so maybe a witch can reverse the damage. Sure. Logic tracks. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Rick offers the ring to her and he's like, take it. You know, I don't want it anymore for obvious reasons. (laughs) And Damon comes to the doorway and he says, hey, y'all ready to ditch this house of horrors. And then he says to Rick, you look terrible. And Rick goes to check out of the hospital and Elena doesn't really want to deal with Damon right now. So she angrily walks past him. But he doesn't let her do that. They head out to the parking lot together. And Damon says, hey, don't worry about him. We're going to take him out for chicken soup, get him a martini, make sure he doesn't kill anybody. What a night he's got ahead. Ideal Saturday. (laughs) And Elena says, hey, what is wrong with you? How could you go out feeding with Stefan like some vampire pub crawl? Damon's like, oh, right. I thought we were talking about Alaric, our friend who's clearly going through something. But no, of course, we're talking about Stefan. Damon's like, okay. So you're just in a whole different conversation than I was in. Yeah. It's like, okay, we calibrate, (laughs) we calibrate. Elena says, you just stood there and let him feed on an innocent girl. And Damon says, okay, hey, you know, let's be specific. I didn't let him do anything. I made him. Yeah. (laughs) Damon's like, hey, that was me. And I'm okay with that. I did what I had to do. I'll own up. It's so funny. How could you let him feed? And Damon's kind of like, we were hungry. We're vampires. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Elena does not like his nonchalance about this. And Darren says, hey, vampires need human blood to survive. And he says, we're predators, not puppies. Elena says, well, you know, Stefan found a way around it before. And that begs the question, did he? <laughs> yeah, I would argue he super didn't because, you know, given the events of the last few months. Yeah. Yeah. Damon says uh, he has built himself a delusional wagon, which he repeatedly falls off of. And that's true. It's true. Like, sure, he was on the wagon for like the first year Elena knew him. Actually, not even that long. Maybe three months. Yeah. Famously, he was going through it at Miss Mystic Falls. Yeah. He's been not good at it for a while. She's like, he found a way around it. I have not seen evidence of that. Yeah. He was like Rue in the beginning of season two of Euphoria. Just because he was doing okay doesn't mean he was like, he, he was done. She just went to rehab. So like, she wouldn't do drugs right away. Like she might. <laughs> like, no, that that's how drugs work. It's an addiction. And Damon's like, well, he needs to just learn control. And Elena says, well, he was able to manage when he was drinking my blood a little bit every day. My blood, me. My blood is just so special. He only needed a little bit of it because it tastes so good. And Damon says, right, when you two were in love and it was all rainbows and unicorns. And she says, okay. She's like, well, now it's not fun anymore. And Elena says, I'm just saying maybe you're not the right person to teach Stefan self-control. She gets in her car and drives away, having gotten the last word. And Elena did make a point there. Although I think Damon still comes out on top on this argument. You know, she ended strong. She ended as strong as she could have. But Damon won that conversation. He knows it. She knows it. That got to him a little bit, but it was it was merely a, a little pebble thrown <laughs> yeah. at the end of the argument. And then we go over to Abby's house. Bonnie opens the front door and Carolina is returning with a cooler full of blood because she ran into a hospital blood drive. Yay, yay. Happy day. She got some O-negatives and some of her personal favorites. Be positive. I love it because I think she likes it because it's B positive. I'm sure that's exactly what it is. <laughs> she's being cutesy and fun as she does. She doesn't know another way. She's trying to lighten the mood of this very, very downer little family going on at the moment. Oh, my God, is it drama over here? And Caroline can't help but notice that Bonnie is freaked out. Bonnie says, oh, you know, I made her a daylight ring and she's been standing in the garden all morning, but I don't think she's taking this well. Yeah, because she's just literally standing there by like a bird bath, looking dejected. Yeah, I think she's doing bad. She is looking like the beginning of an antidepressant commercial. <laughs> Before she takes the antidepressant. Yeah, literally. Her world is in black and white. Yeah. <laughs> and Caroline says, well, you know, it's only been a few days. She's still adjusting. They approach Abby in the garden and Caroline says, hey, Abby, why don't you come inside? Have something to drink. Abby's like, I can't feel my garden anymore. It's gone. I can't feel anything. And she walks inside. Charlie Brown walks away. Caroline says, I don't really understand what she meant by that. She can't feel her garden. And Bonnie says, okay, witches uh, have a connection to the earth. We literally feel nature and life. Bonnie does a little spell to make a flower bloom. And she says, when Abby became a vampire, she lost it. And I don't really know how to help her. And Caroline's kind of like, well, she's going to have to get over that. Caroline's like, well, that wasn't really the hard part for me in becoming a vampire. So I can't really relate to that because I never felt flowers. Yeah, she's kind of like, okay, well, she needs to learn how to handle drinking blood. Maybe she can be depressed about this later. (laughs) She's like, I can't touch that. Then we go over to wickery bridge they're like starting construction on the restoration it's like the groundbreaking there's clearly some event because they have like a table of food set out yeah they have like a little poster board with i assume like the rendering of what it's gonna look like blah blah blah. news cameras are there carol lockwood's doing her rounds everyone's in a herd hat even though it's not all the construction people it's like people in suits and hard hats exactly so it's some kind of groundbreaking event rebecca is talking to carol as Damon, Rick, and Meredith approach. And Damon says, you know, Rebecca's up to something. She's been stooping around places she shouldn't be. Only took him a few days to let that sink in. Yeah, she hung out with you guys for like three hours at the grill. Do you think she was doing that for fun? Yeah. No. And she only wanted to talk about trees. It was pretty obvious to everyone else, Damon. And Alex says, why are we here? And Damon says, hey, the world can't stop just because you're an accidental psycho killer. You have to assume this is a council obligation. And Meredith asks Damon, do you have any tact whatsoever? I mean, the answer is no. The answer is yes, he does, but he doesn't like using it. Yeah. It's not fun for him. He doesn't see the point. He's like, why would I have tact? It's so much funnier to make fun of my friend for killing people. He's like, don't you get the joke? Did you get it? Because he killed people. He's like, it's it's goofy. It's funny. (laughs) Carol approaches and she says, oh, my God, Alaric, I'm so glad you're here. Did you bring the sign? she's not glad he's there she doesn't care if he's there and we're seeing them stand there and it it doesn't look like he did (laughs) does it look like he has a sign in his hand carol says the restored wickery bridge sign the history department promised me you'd have it today and he says ah i don't have it actually it slipped my mind i've been super busy and carol's like what have you possibly been busy with (laughs) he says well i don't know if you've heard but i've been killing people he doesn't say that she says okay well it's not an emergency like we'll just unveil it when the bridge is complete." You can tell, though, she's fuming. Yeah, she's like, well, fuck this dude. Like, this is the last time I hire him for something. She's like, am I the only one in this town who cares about the restoration of Wickery Bridge? The answer is yes. She's like, everyone else just seemed to want to have fun at this party, but a bridge is on the line here, people. (laughs) Get it together. (laughs) Carol leaves them and Alaric says, oh, get me out of here. Meredith says, my pleasure. And Damon says, oh, you know, I'm going to stick around for a bit. And the reason he's going to stick around for a bit because he looks across the crowd, and who is there but Miss Sage, who we met last episode in 1912. 1912, and she's still here. She's still hanging about. And Rick says, who's that? Damon says, blast from the past. And let me tell you, she uh, has not really kept any sort of fashion sense through the years, it seems. Well, she's definitely like, maybe this will sound mean. I don't know if her plan is to be bland and boring so she blends in. (laughs) but if so she's doing it (laughs) it but that couldn't have been her plan because she was fighting people left and right in 1912 for money well i mean in 2013 yeah maybe she's like "Mm, actually i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna lay low i could believe that as a plan it's a good plan but if she were doing that she wouldn't be wearing a jewel tone and i was gonna say if she were doing that she wouldn't be a redhead she'd be brunette yeah if that's her plan She's simultaneously doing really good and really bad at it. I mean, here's the thing. I think they're always trying to find like a placeholder love interest for Damon. So you don't feel so sad that like he's just sitting there waiting for Elena. That he's just pining after a random 18-year-old who's dating his brother. They swung way too far with an aesthetic choice for Rose. Way too far. It was, Yeah. yeah, such a crazy look she was sporting every day. They did something similar they're doing with Sage with Andy, but I think it worked because Andy had a news anchor job. Yeah, Andy like had something else going on. So she should be business casual. Sage has no reason to be business casual. Why is she wearing like a trench coat and a silk blouse? And why is she here? (laughs) I mean, obviously she's here to like loop Damon in and, and plan her little thing, whatever. But everyone else is probably like, who's that bitch in the coat? Carol, do you know her? And Carol's like, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Carol's like, I'm sorry, this is a closed council event. Who are you? Nothing about her spoke to me in any way. So because of that, I have a negative opinion of her. Yeah, I do think of Damon's rando love interests we've met. We've got Rose, Andy, and Sage. Obviously, first place, number one, queen of my heart, Andy Starr. Yeah, obviously top. Rest in peace, Andy Starr. She's in heaven for sure. In a pretty distant second, there's Rose. Yeah, because she did what she had to do. Yeah. (laughs) She died by a werewolf fight so we could understand the stakes. Sage, I just don't really give a flip about. (laughs) So Carol starts giving her little groundbreaking speech. She's looking so cute in her little hard hat. And Damon approaches Sage. And Sage says, oh my God, Damon Salvatore, my favorite student. I don't know why she remembers him. It's been a hundred years. I can't imagine he was that interesting then. Yeah. And he says, oh my God, Sage, my hottest teacher you had some uggo teachers king (laughs) not to talk down on another woman but i support women but but not this one she's not the hottest one on here and i will say you can tell they just gave ian Summerholder a fresh dye job this week because his hair is dark dark (laughs) it looks unnatural yeah it'll wash out in the next couple days damon says what are you doing here and she says, I'm just passing through. And Damon says, okay, well, no one just passes through Mystic Falls. Yeah, it's true. Especially vampires. His last good read of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rebecca approaches, says, oh my God, look what the cat dragged in. And Damon says, hey, easy Rebecca. She used to beat men for sport. And Rebecca says, yeah, she always was common. <laughs> and Sage says, Rebecca, what a happy surprise. And Rebecca says, what are you doing here? And Sage says, well, I heard Finn was finally freed from the casket. Your rageaholic brother Klaus carted him around in. And Rebecca says, Finn, well, you just missed him. He left town and he didn't tell a soul where he was going. And Sage said, well, he probably went looking for me. And Rebecca says, or quite possibly he forgot all about you. (laughs) Rebecca's serving. (laughs) <laughs> and Sage says, I doubt that. And Rebecca says, well, he didn't seem to mention you. Sorry, you came all this way for nothing. Have a nice life. And then she leaves. She doesn't give Sage the chance to get another word. In, and that's why Rebecca is good at winning arguments, except for Elena, who cannot do anything but get the last word. Yeah, Rebecca can't quite beat Elena at things, but she can beat everybody else. Sage says, oh, my God, I hate that elitist original bitch. But the Netflix captions say, I hate that ugly elitist original bitch. Who, who wrote the captions for this? <laughs> Sage wrote the captions for this. She's like, I should have said ugly. <laughs> I should have threw that in. You can say a lot of things about Rebecca, but you can't say she's ugly. At least not on the surface. She might be ugly in her heart, but she's very beautiful. Damon had a great time watching this argument. He was not involved in it. He was just watching it like a tennis match. Super fun. That's exactly where Damon should be in an argument, unless it's with Stefan, because he's he's losing every single one, generally. Yeah, he's not good at it. He's got jokes, but he does not have arguments. Yeah, he's got jokes, but then someone hits him with something really cutting, and he's like, wait, I thought we were just having fun here. Yeah, someone hits him with, aren't you obsessed with Elena? And he's like, "Yeah." And then he goes and lays in the road and kills a lady <laughs> yeah. or a lurk if he's there, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if he's there with his ring. Then we go over to the Salvador house. Stefan is starting to pour himself a crystal glass of blood. As Elena walks in, they say, Hey, and he decides not to pour the blood because he feels judged. She says, Oh, Damon told a lurk that no one was home. And Stefan says, well, I just got home. And Elena says, okay, well, um, I just came to pick up this book on my ancestor, Samantha. And I got it. So awesome. And he says, fine. She says, so how you doing? Damon said you were, and he says, I'm okay. Did you get everything you need? And she says, yeah. If there's anything I can do to help, you just let me know. She tries to leave. Yeah. She's like, this is a super uncomfortable situation I'm in. I really wasn't planning on seeing you. She says, I just want to get out of here and read about my crazy ancestor. And Stefan says, oh, you don't have to read all that. I can tell you what happened. Uh, Samantha Gilbert was committed to an insane asylum, and then she tried to give herself a lobotomy with a knitting needle and bled to death on the floor of her cell. What a way to go, baby. <laughs> Elena's like, okay, you can have warmed me up for that a little bit. She's like, I would have rather read that uh, in peace in my room. But yeah. thanks. And Stefan says, if it's the same thing that's happening to Alaric, uh, there's really nothing you can do. And she's like, Thanks. That's really nice of you to say. She says, okay, uh, well, I'm going to let you get back to whatever you were doing, and leaves. Yeah, she's like, okay, well, you can keep staring at that bag of blood then. I'm going to go. Yeah, this was super not fun. (laughs) This was not my favorite interaction I've had. (laughs) Then we go out to the woods where Damon and Sage are walking, they're catching up. Damon says what the audience has been thinking again and says, Finn, really? (laughs) Of all the originals? Of all the originals? He is the least hot. Yeah, and it's not close. It's not close. She says, yeah, he's my one true love. He turned me so we could be together forever. Then Klaus daggered him and locked him away, and I've been waiting ever since. And then she says, please don't tell me that you and Rebecca are friends. And he says, no, we just fuck. <laughs> one time, man, we're going to make everybody know about it. He's like, I want that word spread. And Sage says, Oh, I'm good. I'm glad you're not friends because her and Klaus always treated me like a peasant whore. To which I say, Well, were you a peasant whore? <laughs> I mean, Sage, it kind of seems like that's who you were. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And that's okay. Do you think, Queen? <laughs> <laughs> that's the vibe you're giving me as well, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Damon says, Yeah, Rebecca's just lurking because she wants something for me, but I just can't figure it out. And Sage is like, well, are you stupid? Yeah, Sage is like, well, you should just get inside her head. A power that vampires have that we haven't seen all the time, but we see from time to time. And Damon says, oh, she's too strong. It's impossible. And Sage says, oh, I bet I can get in there. Yeah, she's like too strong for you. Yeah. Damon says, she's an original. And Sage says, have you forgotten everything I taught you? She may be an original, but she's a girl. You find her weakness and exploit it, and I'll walk right in, if you want my help. And he said, you know what? I do want your help. Because even though I met you 100 years ago, I really think you are a trustworthy ally today. Yeah, I will literally tell you everything. Because for some reason, we spoke for 10 minutes one time. And I think that you are trustworthy. Even though you keep repeatedly telling me that you're in love with one of the originals. And I just keep ignoring that because it's a guy I happen to not like. Because it just doesn't seem like someone anyone would be in love with. He's like, so I'm just ignoring the hugest clue you gave me that you are not trustworthy. And that's Damon. He's only a step above Rebecca when it comes to attention from someone. Yeah, that's true. He really thinks he's better, but is he? Then we go over to the Wickery Bridge groundbreaking ceremony. We're back. Rebecca is at the buffet table looking at the spread of food. It looks like they went to Costco and got one of those trays of little sandwich pinwheels. Yeah, they have like veggie trays and lemonade and the most boring spread of food you can imagine. Yeah, the food committee for the council really phoned this one in. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to guess a fell was in charge of this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Damon comes up to Rebecca and says, did anyone ever tell you that you're sexy when you're bitchy? And she says every damn day, babe. And she falls for this line. Yeah, pretty immediately. To which I say, Rebecca. She said, oh, you said I'm sexy? She said, I, and that's all I needed to hear. You got me. You got me there. She attempts to play hard to get. She can only get so far with it. She plays as hard to get as she physically can. Yeah. She says, oh, we're talking now. You know, you were quite rude the other day, using me to help with Stefan and shooting me away like a stray dog. Damon says, hey, that was brother business. You can't hold it against me. I appreciated your help, even if I don't show it. And she's like, "Aw," she says, OK, <laughs> so you're making me blush. Apology accepted. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, you know, you were mean. And he says, oh, you like mean. And she says, no, I don't. He says, oh, you don't. Didn't you get a thrill from like pushing Sage down earlier, crushing the dreams of her true love? And she's like, well, I don't like when people are mean to me. I like being mean to others. She's like, yeah, obviously that was fun because I was the mean one. (laughs) It was funny. It was funny then. And she says, oh, maybe a little teehee. And he says, see, mean. And then he says, hey, you know what? Can Sage and I interest you in a drink back at the house? And she says, not a chance in hell. And he says, well, you know what they say, two's company, three's a party. So he's propositioning her for a threesome. They dance around it as much as they can because it is the CW and that's racy even for the cw even in the wake of gossip girl yeah but that's clearly what's happening here and then he like reaches for a glass of lemonade and he gets like very close in a way that is clearly an attempt to be sexy and from the outside it looks a little clunky but it obviously works on rebecca because she is weak (laughs) she's a soft target he leaves and she's clearly very affected in considering the proposition then we go back over to abby's house jamie is out back chopping some wood And Caroline approaches and she says, hey, I haven't seen you up at the house. You know, Abby's been asking for you. And Jamie's like, yeah, I've been pretty busy. He's like, do you see all this wood here? I've got a lot of chopping to do. Caroline goes to reach for the wood and then he lifts the axe at her and says, hey, stay away from me. And she says, "Uh, hey, I was just going to help you carry the firewood. She's like, "Okay, chill. Clearly, you got some issues here. And then she realizes pretty quickly because it's obvious. She's like, oh, you're scared of Abby. And he says, yes, she's a vampire. And Caroline says, well, you know, she needs to feel connected to the people she loves to feel normal. You got to give it to him. It is better safe than sorry at this particular moment in time. Exactly. He says, you know, none of this is normal. And Caroline says, well, Abby didn't choose this. This was forced on her. She could have let herself die, but she didn't. Uh, She's trying to make this work so she can be there for you and Bonnie. And, you know, Caroline's in the middle. She's, like, of a little speech. She's kind of, like, ramping up. But then her phone rings, so she just kind of cuts it short. And she says, you know, just get over yourself. That's my point anyway. She's like, I'll just get to the the main meat of this. Uh, You get it. You get where I'm going with this. (laughs) Caroline answers the phone. It's Elena. Elena says Bonnie's not returning her calls. And Caroline says, yeah, honestly, Bonnie's still mad. And Abby's transition has been kind of rough. So she has a lot on her mind. And Elena says, yeah, I know that. And I get it, but... Something really terrible is happening to Rick and I like really need her help. Yeah, Elena's like, I get it, but I do need a witch right now. I get it, but there's something going on with me. BTW, Rick might have killed your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Downstairs at the Gilbert house, Rick is looking at files, police reports about him. And Meredith says, oh, don't look at those. And then she gives him some whiskey. Okay. Nick says, it's the truth, restraining orders and all my life in a series of police reports. Okay, don't make it sound so cutesy. Yeah, why are there so many police reports? (laughs) Meredith says, you know, you don't strike me as an angry guy, which I know sounds weird given everything, but you really don't. He says, well, I get pretty angry at things. He (laughs) says, you know, I was stupid when I was younger, but it's not like these guys didn't have it coming. You know, this one guy broke a beer bottle over a bartender's head. Nice. Good for punching the guy. Yeah. This guy hit his girlfriend. Thank you, Rick. And he says, this guy was just a douche. So that one, that one, I don't have an excuse for. I just like to punch guys. Yeah, that one, I just felt like punching somebody that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this guy, this guy looked at me funny. And this guy, I swear to God, he was looking at me funny. <laughs> and if you saw it, you would have agreed. And this guy, he breathed in my direction. And I know that doesn't sound scary. <laughs> and this guy, he cut me in line at the bar. Can you believe that? And yes, his friend was technically saving him a spot, but that's still kind of rude, don't you think? I even said no cuts, no butts, no coconuts, and he didn't leave. So at that point, what was I meant to do? I had to punch him. My hands were tied. I had to teach him a lesson. I bet you he's not cutting lines anymore. And he says, you know, everyone needs to find a way to deal with their dark side. You know, some people meditate. I became a vampire hunter. Okay, you're also an alcoholic. Yeah, and one of those is a lot bigger part of your personality, I would argue. Yeah, I would like to ask two questions. One, when was the last time you hunted a vampire? And two, when was the last time you drank an entire bottle of bourbon in one night? Which one was more recent? I bet I know. And she says, oh, you're a semi-retired vampire hunter. He, ha ha. And he says, oh, also, there's one thing I should tell you that's not in these reports. And she says, oh, that's ominous. So what is it? He says, your cousin, Logan Fell. Yeah, I killed him. (laughs) I was still on the Meredith Evil track at this point in the episode. And I was like, oh, Shodi knows that. I was like, she found that information. You were on the Meredith Evil track up until the bitter end. (laughs) Up until she literally got stabbed. Yeah, you said, okay, fine. I said, okay, well. I guess she's not the killer. When that was happening, I was like, maybe there's a way. (laughs) Well, maybe she was asking for it. (laughs) She was being kind of a bitch to him. She just needs to answer his question. Anyway, she doesn't really react to the news that he killed Logan Fell, maybe because she didn't really know him that well. Who knows? Well, Logan Fell wasn't the most likable, even if he's your cousin. I mean, it doesn't make him nice. Either he's like a dick or he's your cousin who's a dick. Like, I bet if you said to Meredith, hey, we got to kill one of your cousins for some reason, which one would you pick? I think it'd be a pretty quick Logan. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't know her other cousins, but I'm just guessing. But I do know Logan. At least if it were between Logan and Tina fell. I'm picking Logan. For sure. And she says, you know, the vampire thing, it's really not my fight. I use their blood for what I need, and I leave the judgment to everyone else. Although I have kind of been wondering how you have never driven a stake through Damon's heart. And Rick laughs. And he says, I tried to once. He killed me. Uh, So... He says, you know, figures, the thing that started all this ring stuff was me being angry enough to think I could take on a vampire in the first place. And it's like, okay, well, you did kill Logan. You've taken on a number of vampires, just not Damon. Yeah, you just couldn't beat Damon. That's okay. Then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Damon comes home. He goes into the basement to find Stefan binge drinking from the basement cooler. Damon says, come on, man, slow down. Remember control? (laughs) Whether it's blondes or blood bags, same principles apply. And then Stefan says, Hey, what'd you say to Elena this morning? And Damon's like, Oh, fantastic. You're stress eating. Great. Love that. Damon's like, Now I got to do this whole conversation again. He says, You know, you two deserve each other while you're pining and moping, whatever, whatever. And Stefan says, What did you say to Elena? And Damon says, You know, I told her that you're a vampire and you drink human blood and to get over it. Like, I didn't really say anything groundbreaking. Yeah, he's like, I didn't like throw you under the bus. Like, if anything, I threw myself under the bus more. And he shuts the cooler and he's like, look, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Elena. Own it, live it, love it. Stop being ashamed of who you are. Good advice. Damon tries to leave and Stefan stops him and he says, hey, do me a favor. Next time you talk to Elena, keep me out of it. And Damon says, yeah, gladly. Okay. Damon's like, I didn't fucking bring it up this morning. (laughs) If you'll believe it, Elena actually brought you up. I was talking about, you know, our friend, Aluric. Who's going insane. Who just got out of an MRI. Yeah. And then Damon says, anyway, I'm about to have a threesome. So you should make yourself scarce. And Stefan's like, okay, yeah, I I don't need to be here for this. (laughs) Yeah. Stefan says, with who? Anyone hot? And Damon says, Sage and Rebecca. And Stefan says, I'm going to go. Stefan says, Elena. Stefan says, is Elena going to be here? Is it Elena and Catherine? And Damon's like, no. And he's like, is Elena one of the two? And he says, no. And he's like, okay, then I'm going to go. Then I'm out i go see a movie or something. Then we go back over to Abby's house. Bonnie is cooking something. I don't know. And Jamie comes into the house and she's like, oh my God, uh, who are you again? Ha ha ha. And he says, I'm the guy who lives out back. The one who's not related to you. Can you be a little less horny? Remember, we're not related. Shut up. Shut up. Go talk to your mother. Yeah, go deal with your shit that's going on. He says, you know, Caroline and I had a talk. And Bonnie says, oh, so Caroline probably lectured you. And he says, yeah. That's the talk he needed and deserved. He says, yeah, Caroline was talking. I was listening. He says, but you know, I needed it. So I'm glad. And he says, you know, Abby's always been there for me. Now it's my turn. Because if you'll remember, Jamie's totaled her car twice. Yeah. So he does owe her a little bit. He brought some wood in to build a fire. He goes to the fireplace to get it set up. I was really fearing this was going to be Chekhov's wood today. You really thought he was going to stake Abby? Yeah. Bonnie says, oh, yeah, please build a fire. It'll distract everyone from my crappy cooking. <laughs> Girls just order Postmates. Postmates didn't exist. Oh, Domino's then. Yeah. Joke still plays. <laughs> Joke's accurate now. Abby comes out and sees Jamie and Jamie says, hey, I'm sorry about everything. And it's so sweet. She's so happy to see him. She hugs him. And then she starts sniffing. And then she's even happier to see him because <laughs> she smells fresh blood. And she doesn't last very long before she bites his neck. He screams. Luckily, Bonnie really gets there fast to pull her off. And even before Bonnie pulls her off, you can see Abby makes the realization what she's doing as she's doing it. When it looks like Bonnie does her little aneurysm thing, too, to kind of slow her down, get her off. That makes sense. So she's probably freaked because she was like, oh, I needed to get an aneurysm to stop biting my adoptive child. Who I love dearly. Yeah. She's like, that's great. Yeah, clearly no one's happy with how that went. So then we go over to the Salvador house. Sage and Damon are in, you know, the living room and they've hired a piano player for the festivities for the threesome. (laughs) And he's playing some old timey song. And Sage goes, remember this one? This poor guy's (laughs) like, I gotta stop taking the threesome gigs. Like, I gotta stop taking gigs at this house. (laughs) Freaky, but he needs the money. He's a struggling musician in Mystic Falls. And Damon says, okay, well, Miss Master Seductress, where's our victim? First of all, you did all the seducing, Damon. If she doesn't come, it's on you. Sage says, hey, patience. Between her craving for affection and her pathological fear of being left alone, our little get-together is too tempting to resist. She came for Rebecca's throat. Ouchie, but it's true. It's true, she got her. She got her so good. She said that and my jaw dropped. I went, oh my god. If she said that to Rebecca's face, I think Rebecca would literally combust then you know sage takes a bite of the piano player damon pours some wine and he says you know finn's gone right and she says well i choose to believe otherwise to be fair when he was daggered there was no such thing as a cell phone so he wouldn't know how to get in contact with her when he woke up so i can't blame her for this delusion and to be fair if his mom hadn't waken up he may have gone and found her But that was the timing but he is busy kissing his mommy's ass yeah. Damon says he strung you along for 900 years and didn't even bother to call. He's gone. Yeah, Again, he was effectively dead in a coffin. It's embarrassing that she's been holding on to this for 900 years, especially because we've met Finn. Like holding on to Catherine for 200 years, reasonable. Also kind of embarrassing, but reasonable. This is just sad. After 900 years, girl, move on, get a hobby. There is no one I'm holding on to for 900 years And I don't think I would ever be in love that much. Even Harry Styles. After 500 years, I'd be like, you know what? It's time to move on. I'd be like, you know what? I gotta let this one go. Or, you know, do some work to try to get the coffin. She couldn't get anywhere near that coffin. Klaus would probably have killed her. But also, who cares? Yeah, what else does she have going on? It can't be that interesting if she's still in love with Finn. (laughs) Yeah, literally. She must live a boring life. And she says, well, you know, the Damon I knew was holding out for someone, too. He says, yeah, I'm not going to get into the details of how that ended, but Hope's a bitch. Get out while you can. Yeah, he's like, I don't need to go into the reasoning behind this, but that was a massive mistake. Huge waste of my life. Huge waste of time. So I would not recommend it. (laughs) The doorbell rings and Sage calls it the sweet chime of desperation. She's not letting Rebecca breathe poor rebecca and there's a possibility that rebecca was eavesdropping she could have heard that rebecca comes in she's got some wine which she stole from klaus which he stole from a queen she doesn't know which one though yeah (laughs) don't ask she says you know this is depressing what happened to the party girl you were propositioned for a threesome not a potluck three people's a party. You just got there. It just became a party. Yeah. And Sage says it just arrived, which of course makes Rebecca feel special. So she's like, okay. She's like, okay, we're in it. And the piano player is like, this is getting weirder. How long am I supposed to be here for still? He's like, I got to ask you guys a question. Am I here to, to play the piano for a threesome? <laughs> I just need to know mentally what I'm getting into, to be completely honest with you. We get a very long dance sequence of Damon and Sage like dancing, not even that sexily. It's a lot of shimmying and going up and down. It's kind of similar to when Damon had first turned Vicky and they were like dancing around a lot. This is something they do sometimes on the Vampire Diaries and they just haven't quite found a way to make it sexy. And Ian Somerhalder is sexy. Like when it was Vicky, I was like, oh, Vicky's like partying and she's high, whatever. I get it. This was like, this is not bringing Rebecca in at all. I don't get what this is for. And it's not even the piano player playing the music. It's a song. Yeah. And so Rebecca's just hanging at the bar and then she sits and like watches this and she gets pretty bored of not being invited to the dance, even though it's not very sexy dancing. And so she bites the piano player. She's like, well, if I'm going to be here, I might as well get a snack. Enjoy my catered dinner. Yeah. And Damon says, oh, how about a duet? And then he also bites the piano player. Uh, They kill him and they drop him down. Sorry. Rest in peace. They look at each other sexily. He goes to make out with Rebecca. Rebecca's like, oh, what about her? And she like cocks her head towards Sage. Damon's like, oh, I want you, blah, blah, blah. And they make out. Sage watches. Playing right into Damon's hand. It's like, girl, get up. This is obviously a trap. Like, Rebecca, girl, let it go. Go do something else. There's got to be some other man for you out there. I promise there's someone else in this town. Or elsewhere. Just leave town. Yeah, all your other siblings left. Then we go back over to Abby's. Bonnie follows Abby outside with a blood bag. and She says, hey, you know, you should drink this. It'll make you feel better. And Abby says, I almost killed him. Number one, you really didn't. He was still conscious when you got off. You bit him one time. It's, it's not ideal, but you didn't kill him. And Bonnie says, you know, Caroline says this kind of thing happens a lot at first. And Abby says, I should go right now before I hurt any of you. And Bonnie says, well, the only way you're going to hurt me is if you leave. So don't give up on this again, okay? We're going to make it work. And she's like, oh, but it's so easy to just leave. Yeah, I'd have a bag packed though. So <laughs> like, I'm good at that. <laughs> Abby grabs the blood bag from Bonnie. Caroline comes out and says, Jamie's fine. Nothing a little vampire blood can't cure. And Abby says, thanks. And Caroline says, okay, well now I need a favor since I cleaned up your little mess. And then at the Gilbert house, Rick is showing Elena a list of all his bank accounts, passwords. He's like, here's where to find my will. Here's how to contact my family. Family? Who knew he had a family? (laughs) If you've not called them, do they not know you're here? You basically adopted two kids. Yeah. And he says, you know, in case this doesn't go my way. And Elena says, don't think like that. And he's like, yeah, but hold on to the paper, though. He's like, keep it in a file folder. I hope you don't have to use it. Rick says, look, I just need to know that you and Jeremy will be okay. And Elena says, we're all going to be fine. And Alaric's like, oh, we'll see. (laughs) And then Elena gets a call from Caroline. And Caroline says, great news. Abby thinks Bonnie can reverse the damage with a spell. Apparently the same thing happens to witches who get into dark magic. They lose control and start acting out their darkest impulses. Mm -hmm. And Elena says, okay, thank you so much. And Caroline says, I'm going to hang here with Abby, but Bonnie's leaving now. And then Bonnie grabs the phone to talk to Elena. There's no pleasantries exchanged. She says, I'm going to need a personal effect of Rick's, something he wore before he started wearing the ring. Elena says, got it. Also, BTW, I am so sorry for everything. Thank you so much for doing this. She's like, now that you're talking to me again briefly, let's throw that in. And then Bonnie doesn't respond to that and says, be ready for the spell as soon as I get there. We have to work fast. See you soon. And they hang up. And Rick says, oh, good news, bad news. And Elena says, Bonnie thinks she can help with a spell. But she's going to need something you wore before you put on the ring. Something personal. Meredith enters just in time for Rick to say, my wedding ring. Um, It's at the loft. And she says, oh, yeah, great idea. Let's go get it. Rick starts to get up and Meredith says, oh, no, I think it's better that you stay here with me. And on the anti-Meredith fell train, it's like, oh, she's going to kill him. Yeah, I was like, she wants to kill him tonight. I said, don't leave Alaric alone with Meredith. (laughs) And I was, I was right in the opposite direction. Exactly. And Rick says, ah, you and your tranquilizers. And then he says, the ring is in a dresser by the kitchen. It's in an aspirin bottle, probably covered in cobwebs. We don't have time to unpack all of that. (laughs) Why an aspirin bottle? I guess maybe he doesn't have any jewelry boxes lying around. I would sooner believe Ziploc bag. Yeah, that's (laughs) a good point. But whatever. Elena says, K, and she leaves. Then we go back over to the Salvatore house. It is post-sex. Rebecca's asleep next to Damon and Sage walks in fully clothed. So like this wasn't even a threesome. Yeah, Sage just sat there. I guess the point of it though was to be like, oh, I made you for a threesome, but I'm so bewitched by you, Rebecca. I'm just choosing you. I mean, obviously it worked on Rebecca. So who am I? Go ahead, Rebecca. Have your fun. Sage sits on the bed, brushes Rebecca's hair, obviously like, goes in her head or something and smiles. Damon's like, oh, what? And Sage shushes him. She goes to the bathroom and takes her shirt off and then she gets in the shower. Why they have to be in the shower for this conversation? Impossible to say. I guess the water so you can't eavesdrop, but just go turn on the sink in the bathroom or I don't know, go downstairs. But again, the Vampire Diaries is in the sexy shadow of Gossip Girl. They're trying to be sexy. They don't often succeed. They don't do it as seamlessly as Gossip Girl. There's one particular scene in season four, spoiled fans, if you know, you know, where they happen to be uh, pretty sexy, more than usual. They have sexy moments, but I don't think they really know what to do with Damon, sexy-wise. They know he's hot, and they know they can use him for that, but somehow they only put him in the weirdest situations. Well, I think it's weird because they also know that Damon, like, canonically is, like, 25, They want to give him like older love interests. Well, yeah. And in Hollywood, if a woman is 25, she might as well be 60. So they're like, oh, well, we have to get older women for him. It's like, you don't. All the other women in this show are like 25, but they're just playing 18. Something about it is off. Yeah. They don't know what to do with him as they await pairing him with Elena. Damon joins her in the shower and he's like, hey, what's up? And she says, you know, I told you if we got her comfortable enough, she's an open book. And Damon says, oh, cool. Tell me what she's hiding. And Sage says, I'd rather show you. She kisses him and shows him a flashback of Rebecca telling Klaus about the white oak tree and talking to Carol about the Salvatores keeping the milling records. And Damon says, there's another tree. And then downstairs later, Damon is in a towel. Sage comes down fully dressed and is like, oh, you're looking at the milling records. And he says, yeah, my family made one of its many fortunes selling lumber. Well, no wonder they're so rich still. And he says that's why Rebecca's been digging around this stuff. That tree was on our land, and milled by our yard. These letters will tell me where it was shipped. Business archives should be around here somewhere. Damon tells Sage to keep Rebecca distracted while he looks. She goes upstairs, and he finds the book for 1912. He finds a page, and at the bottom it says Wickery Bridge. And he says, "You gotta be kidding me." He's like, "What timing?" He's like, "I could have killed her today." Can you believe it? A relevant location is now the place where the tree is. Isn't that interesting? And I'm so mad I didn't guess this. I know when it comes up, it feels so obvious. I threw out a lot of options. It's the same thing of when it was like, where's Stefan hiding the coffins? Like obviously the old witch house, but I didn't guess it then either. It's hard. I tried my best. We only do what we can. Then back at Rick's apartment, Elena is arriving to find the wedding ring and Stefan is upstairs by the door and he says, hey, and she says, ah, like you again. He says, I missed you at the house. Rick told me you'd be here. And she says, yeah, look, Stefan, you made it perfectly clear this morning. You don't want to be around me. And Stefan says, I'm not trying to hurt you, Elena. I just can't be who you want me to be right now. I'm not in control. And she says, "Okay, then what are you doing here? Yeah, she's like, if you don't want to be with me, what are you doing following me around? Yeah, pick one. And he says, you know, I did some digging on Samantha Gilbert. Founding families are usually really good at destroying records, but I did find a couple articles. She killed two people while she was institutionalized, a nurse and a guard. Serve. And Elena says, okay, so she was a psychopath. Stefan says, no. The important thing is that she was under suicide watch. No personal effects, no jewelry. So Elena's like, oh. So the violent behavior can still happen even if the person isn't wearing the ring. And this is funny because when this was revealed, you were still anti Meredith Fels. So you're like, who cares if she doesn't have jewelry? What's the point here? Yeah. You're like, oh, so she killed Fels. I was still like, it's Meredith, baby. You're like, Meredith's the killer. You can't <laughs> tell me anything. You could not tell me anything. And now I hate to nitpick, Stefan, and I know you want to be in love with Elena, but if you knew that Rick was in danger of getting violent with Meredith, could you know how to give Elena a phone call and just stayed there? I guess he doesn't care about Meredith, but I guess he called alert to see where he was like, hey, are you with anybody? And then Elena was gone. So Stefan's like, oh, I'm good. He's like, I don't care. He probably didn't even ask if Meredith was there. Yeah, he was like, oh, is Elena home? Yeah. And even if Alaric told him Meredith was there, he forgot it because he's like, that doesn't matter to me. He's like, Meredith, Meredith. I don't think I've met her. Then we go back over to the Gilbert house where Alaric wakes up. Meredith is like, hey, you still with me? And he's like, yeah. And she says, neither of us has slept in two days. I'm half dead too. Don't worry, I've got coffee on. And Rick gets up very calmly, very stoic. Yeah, something's off with him. He goes up to Meredith's purse. There's two syringes in there. He takes them out and he empties them both. So that's a bad sign. Taking away her defense. Then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Damon is burning the record from 1912 when Sage comes back although it doesn't matter because he is going to tell her everything he found. She says, Rebecca just left. Did you find what you were looking for? And he says, yep. And he should have stopped talking there, but he doesn't. He says, in 1912, the Salvatore Milling Company chopped down a forest. Its most valuable wood came from a white oak tree that was used to make Wickery Bridge. He just gave it to her so fast. Especially because you can imagine like she was up distracting Rebecca. Rebecca was probably like, hey, just so you know, All our lives are linked. So if there's a decision you're making here, it's something you might want to rethink. He says these aren't public records. So Rebecca's going to be chasing her tail for a long time. And Sage says, oh, so all the wood stripped from the underside of that bridge is a weapon that could kill an original. And he says, yeah, he doesn't even think for a second. Why is she asking that? And she says, you see how this could be a problem for me, right? He says, no, he says, why? Why? Your true love, Finn? Let me tell you something. I've met him. You're not going to miss him. (laughs) Yeah. Which I don't know why he thinks like she's just going to be like, oh, thanks. Okay. you know what? Good then. She's been after him for 900 years. She thinks like one guy telling her that he sucks is going to dissuade her. Yeah, she's been chasing this this pile of sand for 900 years. Don't you think she's delusional? (laughs) Yeah. And she says, you know, I'm going to rip your head off in two seconds if you take one more step. And Damon says, okay, well, let's make a deal. You want me to kill Rebecca? I consider Finn untouchable. You guys walk into the sunset together. And even if the originals weren't linked, this would have been a lie. Yeah. But it's convenient that this is like not a lie. He's like, I won't touch Finn. She says, is that a promise? He says, yes, it's a promise. And at this point, he's assuming that she doesn't know that all their lives are linked. Because he didn't tell her. (laughs) Yeah. Things look to be okay for Damon right now. Things often look okay when you don't think ahead. Exactly. Then we go back over to Alaric's apartment. Elena's looking for the ring. And Stefan says, what if Bonnie's spell doesn't work? Like, what are you going to do with him? And she says, I'm not going to do anything with him. I'm going to keep looking until we find something. And Stefan says, "Mm, have you ever considered that it might be too late? She says, you know, it's my family's ring. My responsibility to fix it. And he says, you know, not everyone is your responsibility. Not everyone can be saved. And she says, okay, are we talking about Rick or you? Because I wasn't planning on giving up on either of you, FYI. Yeah. She's been struggling with a drawer and Stefan finally opens it. Clearly just breaks whatever lock was on there. Yeah, and inside there's a bunch of photos of crime scenes. The crime scenes that the murderer created. And that's looking bad. And they're like, oh, okay. And I was like, that's crazy that Meredith planted those there. <laughs> you were really on the Meredith Fell train until the very last moment. <laughs> I stood strong and brave. <laughs> back over at the salvatore house damon comes downstairs he's dressed and he's like all right sage let's go we've got originals to kill but she's gone obviously (laughs) dumbass (laughs) then back over at rick's apartment they continue looking through papers they find a manila folder that says jeremy gilbert on it she says well i'm gonna open this of course yeah because that's suspicious and she opens it and there's a note on it It says, Jeremy, if anything happens to me, carry on my work. You have the other ring. Let the ring make you strong. The council must be cleansed before the work can begin. And I want to point out that, you know, we talk about the first sheet of paper here, but below it is what looks to be a manuscript. And I can't remember what the title said, but the author said Daniel something. Hmm. Just something suspicious. I didn't see the author. Huh. Because all I saw after that was the roster of founders names. And it just had some highlights. But hey, I think that's what I saw. Maybe you did. Maybe you're gaslighting me. Gaslighter. Because I saw a piece of gold in there. (laughs) Maybe. Or maybe I am crazy. (laughs) Just like Alaric. There is a founders council roster with highlighted names. And Stefan says, well, it sure looks like a hit list. And Elena says, well, Alaric didn't write this. And Stefan says, well, who else would have? And Stefan said, no, uh, he didn't write it. He highlighted it. He just highlighted it. It's clearly typed. It's a highlighter, not a pen, dumbass. <laughs> she crumples up the note to Jeremy. And then she finds the aspirin bottle with the Lyric's ring. And she says, I've got to get back. Then back at the Gilbert house, Rick comes into the kitchen. Meredith's grabbing some mugs. She's like, I don't know where anything is in this house. Hey, you take cream in your coffee? He says, no. He says, no cream. Like, okay, did you have to say that so creepy? Yeah, could you be a little more fakey nice? And she says, you know, I was going to make sandwiches because I'm starving. And he says, can I ask you a question? And she says, no, mustard. I hate mustard. It's like, Meredith, wake up, girl. He says, that wasn't my question. He says, no, my question was, do you ever feel remorse? And she's like, oh. She's like, okay, I feel I've made an error staying here. She says, sorry. <laughs> and he says, well, and he picks up a knife pretty quickly she sees where this is going and I was like huh I'm starting to think that she might be in danger at this point you were like if Meredith gets murdered and I've been shitting on her this whole time I was like if she's about to get murdered I'm gonna look dumb (laughs) Lark picks up a knife and he says you know you are a council member and the council was formed to protect the people of this town from vampires yet here you all are just looking the other way ignoring your responsibilities like you and your vampire blood so i'm asking you do you feel remorse because you should now if i'm mad and i'm like oh uh, yeah i feel remorse every day all the time on another note i'm going to go the other thing i want to point out to you a couple episodes ago i had you make a profile of the killer your profile was spot on for alaric yeah so i did eat I couldn't see it was going to be Alaric, but you were like, it's someone who's on the council and doesn't like the way that it's going, which Alaric has actively said before any of this storyline started. You got it like dead on the nose, but you were just like, I don't know who it is though. Because again, Alaric's one of our heroes. That's why people profile in teams. I was all by myself. It's so funny. If you go back and listen to it, you'll be like, yeah, I'm describing Alaric. Thank you to Aaron Hotcher. For teaching me everything I know. You could have helped me figure out it was him. Yeah, Aaron Hodgson would have been like, well, it's obviously this alert guy. And Meredith, you can tell that she feels like she's in danger. You can tell she's like considering what her odds are of getting away if she runs. You can see it's a little tense. Yeah, she's doing some kind of thought process here. She's like, how can I start running? Like, when do I start running? Like, is he going to get that knife at me? How quick is he going to move? Yeah. And then he pretty quickly lunges at her with the knife. She dodges it mostly. He does get her stomach a bit. A little slice. She pours the hot coffee on his hand, slows him down. Very smart move. Very smart. She pours the hot coffee, drops the mug. That does slow him down a bit, enough for her to get to the purse where she assumes her tranquilizers are. Now, of course, they're not there. And even if they were, it's likely she would have tranquilized him as he was stabbing her. So it probably would have been zero sum. This was a good plan and got her to what She thought her plan was going to be and she had to reevaluate, obviously, when she saw the empty syringes. But she pivots pretty quickly. She goes to go upstairs. He gets her pretty quick because, you know, he's moving a little bit faster. She's able to kick the knife away from him and kick him off of her and back him up enough time for her to get into the bathroom. She closes the one door, but doesn't lock it. He goes to run to the other door because it's a Jack and Jill bathroom. She closes that door and locks it. And then she goes back to lock the other door and Rick almost gets inside. So he opens the door. She pushes against him. In order to get his hand off, she grabs a pair of scissors and stabs him in the hand. She served on this. Yeah, she gets him. He runs away. She closes the door. She locks him. So she's now locked in the bathroom with a bleeding wound, but she's got him out of there. She's at least got the guy with the knife away from her. Yeah. So Meredith did a pretty good job here. You got to give it to her. Mm-hmm. And then she assesses her wound because, you know, she's a doctor. And luckily she's in a bathroom yeah, where a lot of stuff could be, although she doesn't seem to have done much to treat it when we see her later. But <laughs> but she's also not a good doctor. She usually <laughs> uses vampire blood. Yeah. She's sitting there looking at her wound like, damn. She said, if only I could remember how to do stitches. <laughs> it's like, where are all the nurses that do all my work for me for half the pay? <laughs> Little commentary. Clap for our health workers. We salute you. <laughs> and then we go over to Wickery Bridge. Damon pretty quickly drives up to Wickery Bridge, but he can't help but notice there's a huge fire. There's a huge bonfire with a bunch of wood in it. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out what wood is being burned. Yeah, Rebecca's there. She's standing in front of her bonfire. She's very proud. She says, you know, your grand plans, they just always seem to get ruined, don't they? Sorry to disappoint you. And she walks away. She's like, it's a good day to be me. Yeah, she got laid. She burned the white oak that's going to kill her family. She feels great. And then Damon turns around, already pretty beaten down, and there's Sage. And he says, hey, you set me up. And she says, I'm just looking out for myself. Damon says, you know, I told you that I would save your creepy boyfriend. And she's like, yeah, but you obviously lied to me, though. <laughs> she said, the originals are linked. One dies and they all die. And Damon's like, oh, you know about that? Now, I know it won't work, but Damon should say, what? When did that happen? Who would do such a thing? This is why I'd get killed on this show, because I'd pull shit like that. And then people would just kill me because they're mad. Because they're annoyed. They're like, don't pretend. (laughs) She says, you know, if I can get inside her head, don't you think I'd be able to get inside yours? And he should have thought that. But he is just a man at the end of the day. And the reasoning, if you think about it, when she would have gotten into his head to get that information is in the shower earlier when she showed him the other Rebecca thing. She used the same move. She used the same move of like, I'm going to get the guard down. I'm going to get the head. I mean, it's smart. You can't get mad at Sage for that. And especially because Damon was so smug that he was in on this plan. It was easy, easy. Yeah, it was Sage's plan the whole time. He's so dumb. Bad showing for Damon this week. <laughs> yeah, he he did not eat this week, decidedly. Sorry, Damon. He chokes her. He says, you know, I should end you. And she says, well, I'm 900 years old. You're not capable of ending me. He's like, ouch. He says, I don't like to hear that, but you are right. She tosses him away from her and she says, you know, you really think I'd risk Finn's life for one of your petty revenge fantasies? And he said, well, I was certainly hoping it. Yeah, I was hoping you would. It it seemed like you would. Calling this a petty revenge fantasy is a little inaccurate. It's not quite petty. (laughs) It's not quite petty. And also, like, I would call your love for Finn kind of petty and small on the side. No one cares about it. And then Damon says, hey, let me tell you something. Your long lost love. He's got a suicide wish. When Mama Witch linked them with a spell, he's the one who volunteered to die. And Sage says, no, he wouldn't do that. And it's like, oh, so you don't know this dude, huh? He wanted to die quick. Yeah, Damon says, yeah, he didn't want to live, not for you or for anyone. He doesn't love you. And BTW, in case that doesn't hurt enough, when I do find a way to kill the originals, I'm going to start with Finn. Which is also just a smart person to start with because he's the easiest to kill. Because he's so stupid. Because he's he's dumb dummy. You could put up a little box with a stick and like a quarter underneath and he would get caught. You could literally be like, hey, Finn, uh, can you just like hold this stake in your chest for a second? And he'd be like, okay. And then he'd stab himself. You know what you do <laughs> is you just put a stake like on his door and blindfold him. And then he walks right into it. <laughs> You don't even have to blindfold him, honestly. <laughs> Just have him walk out the door. Hey, Finn, can you go walk over there? And he's like, oh, man. Put it on the door and then go outside and ring the doorbell. Yeah. You got me. You dress in a, a pizza delivery man outfit. You have a box of pizza and then you put the steak on top. You take the pizza box, you open it. You say, I hope you're hungry. And you open it and say, for death. And then you take the steak and the steak him. And, and the whole time he's like, pizza? <laughs> he just learned about pizza because he's been dead for a thousand years. Uh, Sorry, Finn. Then we go back over to the Gilbert house. Stefan and Elena arrive, and the house is, you know, suspiciously silent. Stefan goes in first and looks around. He gets to the kitchen and sees the broken mug with some blood. Not looking good. Elena closes the door, and Rick comes downstairs. He's, like, wrapping his hand with a towel. And he says, hey! He's in a very chipper mood, which Alaric's alter ego should know is not going to sell Alaric. Yeah, it's like, why is he acting so like up and going? Yeah. And she says, oh, where's Meredith? And he says, ah, she got called into the hospital for a last minute surgery. She'll be back later. And Elena says, cool, Uh, what happened to your hand? And he says, ah, I broke a coffee cup and I sliced my hand open when I was picking up the pieces, which given the evidence that Stefan finds is a really good lie if there weren't a knife on the ground right next to them. But we'll get to that in a second. If it wasn't already suspicious, this was a good attempt. He did his best. He said, I'll live. Did Stefan catch up with you? And smartly, Elena says, No. That's a very smart move. To make him think that Stefan's not there, because obviously he's going to try less with Stefan because Stefan's a lot stronger than Elena. He says, Oh, by the way, did you get my ring? And she says, couldn't find it. And he says, Yeah, my place is a disaster. I guess I'll just have to go get it. It's very tense, this conversation. I mean, Elena's suspicious. He, I think, can tell that Elena's suspicious. Yeah, he's just trying to keep it going for a little bit, you know. And then Rick looks down and Elena follows his gaze and they see a bloody knife on the floor. Now, this is amateur hour. Yeah, this is pretty hard to explain away. Yeah, they look at each other pretty quick and it looks like he's about to grab the knife and strike. But luckily, Stefan comes from behind and chokes him, makes him pass out. Elena says, don't hurt him. Stefan says, I'm going to try not to. Yeah. He's like, I'm not snapping his neck. I can see there's no ring. So Rick passes out and they leave him there. And then Stefan looks upstairs and he says, what is cooking in here? (laughs) He says, I hope that smells coming from my kitchen. (laughs) No, he says, Elena, I need you to come upstairs with me. And she says, why? (laughs) And he says, I'm going to need your help. And so they go in the bathroom and they find Meredith passed out, stabbed, bloody. For a brief second, Stefan's veins do appear, but Elena looks at him like, not now. Like, please, Stefan, please, I'm begging you. And he does rein it in. And then he gives Meredith some blood of his to heal her. She drinks it. She starts to wake up. So we know Meredith's alive. And then Stefan's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, Elena says, you're going to be okay to Meredith. And it's pretty clear that Stefan is like taking that comment for himself as well. <laughs> he's like, thanks. And she's like, I wasn't talking to you. I'm talking to the stab victim. <laughs> and then he leaves. Next morning, Rick wakes up in his bed and he's like, ah, oh, what a night? I slept like a baby. And Damon's sitting next to his bed. And Alaric's like, oh, what are you doing here? And Damon says, I'm just making sure the witch didn't turn you into a toad or a block of salt. Ha ha ha. Bonnie did a little spell. Uh, to keep the killer in you at bay, and he says, "Did something happen?" He's like, "What did I do?" And Damon says, "You know, let's just say you've got an alter ego hell bent on killing council members." So that is the answer to a uh, who done it? Alaric done it, but evil Alaric. And Damon says, "So we're just gonna pack you some stuff and go to the loft and keep you on like lighthouse arrest," which I think is fair. Yeah, I mean at least, yeah, I think that's the safest thing they can do. Sorry to Brian Walters, but you're not getting justice, buddy. Yeah, sorry, you will not get justice. Rick says, um, I'm almost scared to ask this, but where's Meredith? Damon says she's going to be fine. So Rick's like, okay, so I did try to kill her, but I didn't succeed. So he's like, so could have gone worse. I'll take it. Then downstairs in the Gilbert house, Bonnie approaches Elena in the kitchen. And Elena's like, you know, cleaning up the blood and the coffee and the broken mug. She's like, how many times do I have to clean up blood in this damn house? And Bonnie says, you okay? And she says, yeah. And Bonnie says, okay, so Abby said that all the dying and coming back to life may have chipped away at a lurk psyche. And so it made it easier for the darkness to take hold. Here are some herbs. They're the binding element of the spell. He'll need to take them twice a day. And I'm going to get you some more. Because me and Abby are going to work on the garden together because she is my mommy and she's not leaving me. Yeah, because now I have my mommy back in my life. Isn't that great? Elena asks how Abby is doing and Bonnie says, well, the transition has been hard, but I do think she'll be okay eventually. I'm going to stay with her for a while, give us a chance to work things through. And Abby is so excited to stay with me. Me and Abby are just so excited to grow our relationship. And Elena says, Bonnie, I'm so sorry. I didn't want this to happen. If there's anything I could do to make it different. Like she takes all this time to really spit out the apology she's been trying to make. And she's like on the verge of tears. Like she's been so beat up about this. And Bonnie hugs her and says, I know. And Elena says, please say you forgive me. And Bonnie says, of course I do. And I get why Elena haters might be annoyed at Elena for this. But it is like, it's not Elena's fault this happened. It's not Elena's fault this happened. It's unfortunate. She needs to hear some support from Bonnie right now, that it's going to be okay. She didn't want to have to lean on Bonnie without feeling like their friendship could heal, you know? Yeah, exactly. So She felt really guilty this whole episode asking for help when Bonnie just got, like, screwed over by another plan. So I think she just needed to hear that it was okay, you know? Yeah, exactly. I get the Elena haters, but she's the main character. Sorry. I know. I'm kind of an Elena defender. Me too. Longer than most people are. I mean- We're only in season three. You might change your tune. Then we go out to Abby's garden. Caroline and Jamie are working on it together. And Caroline's like, am I doing this right? And he says, yeah, you're doing great. Uh, She's just moving to it around. That's all gardening is at the end of the day. He thanks her for helping with Abby. And he says, you know, Bonnie's really lucky to have a friend like you. And Caroline says, don't I know it? Caroline says, she really is, huh? Caroline says, well, you know, I went through something similar before with my dad, but it didn't really work out. Yeah. They stand up and Caroline says, well, when Bonnie gets back, she can snap her fingers or whatever and make the herbs bloom. And then she like, hears some movement in the house. She's like, oh my God, I think Abby's up. I'll go check on her. She goes inside and Abby is at the table writing a letter with a bag packed. Yeah, a bag next to her. It's like, you bitch. And Caroline says, what are you doing? She says, are you kidding me? Caroline's like, please tell me this is not what it looks like. She says, please say psych. Abby says, look, I have to do this. I don't know how to do this. And Caroline says, how to do what? Be a vampire or a parent? Because I can help you be a vampire. But being a parent, that's all you. You know, Bonnie grew up without a mom because you ran away once. And now you have a whole eternity to make up for it. You're just going to throw that all away. And Abby says, yep. Yeah, Caroline Eaton. (laughs) Yeah, because she has a point. You have a whole eternity. And the vampire thing, like, she has a role model who knows how to do it and is helping her, hanging out with her all the time, helping her get through this. And she just doesn't care enough about her now two kids. to stay and fight for this. Like, if you were going to do this, you should have not even completed the transition then. And Abby says, well, she's better off without me. And Caroline says, no, she's not. No one is better off without their parents. And obviously this is a sore subject for Caroline who just lost her father. Yeah, who you could argue she would, in theory, be better off without because he didn't support her. But she's like, no, that's not how this works. She says, you know, Bonnie wants to make this work. So please just stay. Abby gets up, grabs her bag and says, you know, tell them I'm sorry. And she leaves. So do you think this is the last we're going to see of Abby? We think we're going to see her again. I think we'll see her again, but not for a while. I assume she's trying to do like, I'm going to figure this out on my own, which I think is dumb. Mm-hmm. I do fear that when we see her again, uh, she will be getting killed as a hostage or something. Fair. I just think that's on the horizon for her potentially. It's very rare we see a transition last very long. Yeah. Given what Abby has shown me, I don't really think she has the mental stamina for a successful transition. Sure. So I think we'll see her again, but I do not think she is long for this world. Fair enough. Then I go back over to the Gilbert house. Elena is finally finishing up cleaning. (laughs) No one else is helping her. (laughs) I thought you were judging her for taking a long time cleaning. It's like, well, there was a lot of blood. No, I wasn't judging her for taking a long time. She's been doing it all day though. It sucks for her. I feel like it's fair maybe to ask Rick to do the cleaning since he's the one who made the mess. I was going to say, I feel like they should ask Stefan because he can go fast, but also he'll just lick it all up. But clean clean is clean. clean. (laughs) And then she goes upstairs to her room and calls Jeremy and she says, Hey stranger. And he says, you checking up on me? And she says, you need any checking up on? Cause I really need to do something. She's like, do you need any checking up on? Because um, I could use some checking up on <laughs> me personally. He says, yeah, I'm not flunking out of my classes yet. And I got a dog. I wanted to see the dog. My little handsome boy with his little puppy. She says, hey, have you talked to Rick lately? Because it's possible that, you know, evil Alaric was like, hey, we need to cleanse the council. And you would think that if he did that, Jeremy would be like, hey, um, does Alaric want to kill people now? <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> he says, no. Why? Is everything okay? And she says, yeah, everything's great. I just wanted to hear your voice. And he says, okay, uh, can I call you later? I'm going out with friends. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm kind of busy. Can you not hear her crying? (laughs) I guess not. she says, yeah, of course, of course, have fun. I just, I just miss you. And he says, yeah, I miss you too. Then he hangs up and she just cries. It's like, at least he's safe and happy, but man, I really am all alone in this cruel dark world. Yeah. And then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Stefan is drinking whiskey. Damon says, hey, it's a little early in the day for you, isn't it? He says, I'm just having a little toast to control. And Damon says, hey, if you're happy, I'm happy. And Stefan says, well, you know, you shouldn't be happy. Sage double-crossed you. The tree is a pile of ash. Rick has a psychopathic alter ego. Yeah, Stefan's like, you have no business being happy. You had a really rough couple days there. You really took the L this week. Damon says, well, you know, one thing about me is I'm a philanthropist. And it's like, okay, where are you going with this king? Yeah. And he says, I make the world a better place. You know, I restore bridges, landmarks, and, and he unwraps the thing he's been holding in his hand this whole scene. And it's the new Wickery Bridge sign that Carol mentioned earlier in the episode. And he says, also, I help with historical signs made of the same white oak as Wickery Bridge. And he ate here. And Stefan says, oh my God. They think all the wood burned. And Damon says, yeah, and I really sold my rage. You should have seen me. I did really good. I was an actor. Yeah, he's like, I looked insane. And Stefan says, oh my God, we have a weapon. And Damon says, game's back on. Let's go kill some originals. And that's where we end the episode. So I have to ask you, what is your over under on the amount of originals they actually successfully kill? Now that they have, we can see how big the sign is. You can guess how many stakes they can make out of it. I think they could definitely make enough stakes to kill all of them. I think logistically, they could kill all the originals. Execution-wise, I highly doubt it. I think possibly Finn, I don't know, there could be a showdown with these stakes and Finn could use one to kill himself. The other ones, you know, I think Cole is kind of a wild card, obviously, but I do think he's going to somehow make it out. I think Elijah, Rebecca, Klaus, all safe. So you think... Maybe Finn will die, but you think he's gonna be the only one if we see anyone die? Yeah. I was gonna say Esther too, but Esther's probably gonna die at some point anyway because she's mortal. So she's gotta let go of that someday. The stake could kill her, but there are many other ways to kill her. They don't need to waste white oak on her. <laughs> yeah. I do think this is one of those things too that, you know, Damon, let's let's be very selective who we give this information to because you guys finally have an edge. You have not ever had an edge like this with a weapon. Even with Michael, you didn't really have an edge because it, there was a whole other person in the mix. So I think this is like their best lead thus far in terms of killing originals. But I do not think the originals will be killed for whatever reason. How do you think, because in order for them to not be killed, either no one can get killed or they need to become unlinked. Do yeah. you think they're going to become unlinked? And if so, how? Yeah, I don't know how they can become unlinked So they're linked because of the blood of the doppelganger. I think there is potential that like, I don't know, maybe Bonnie can find a way to unlink them. Like, I just don't think they're all going to die. You know, obviously there's a spinoff. At least a number of them have to be alive. Well, I mean, we don't know if the spinoff takes place concurrently with the events of the vampire dies. It could be placed in the past. So they could all die and a spinoff could still happen. That's true, but I doubt it. You don't think so? I doubt it. So I don't know how they're going to become unlinked is the short answer to that. Clearly, I don't have any ideas because I don't think Esther would do that. I think Esther is like, as long as they're linked, if one of them dies, they all die. Then I can just kind of let it sit. Yeah. But I think Esther probably will want to come back and have some sort of plan. But then, of course, we have to remember everyone is scattered right now. Yeah. I mean, in theory, you don't have to get them all to Mystic Falls because, again, you only need to kill one at this moment. But I think they're going to want them all in Mystic Falls for this. Do you think there's any consequences that come with killing an original? Like we saw Michael burst into flames, but I think. You think they're going to burst into flames if they get killed? I think at the minimum, but I think because they like, I guess Michael was turned the same way they were. So you would think it'd be similar. Although I think there could be consequences from like Klaus to the hybrids. Like, do they stay hybrids afterward? Mm. Things like that. There is a question of like, you know, obviously the sire bond would be undone because Mm. you can't be sired to a dead person. I mean, maybe you can, but that would be quite a depressing life. Yeah. Just sitting at the cemetery all day, every day. Are you sure you don't want me to do anything? Do you need anything? Anything at all? Nope, still dead? Okay. Well, we'll see. So you think Finn's going to get killed? What episode number do you think he's going to get killed in? Keeping in mind, this is what, 17? I'm going to say... Next episode or the finale. Okay. And I think there could be something that, because I do feel there's a strong possibility that Finn could kill himself. Sure. Especially maybe they like kill their mom and then Finn's like, oh, mommy. <laughs> and then Sage is like, I love you. And he's like, who are you? He says, remind me of your name. And then he kills himself with a stake. Like maybe there's some loophole that if he kills himself, the linking doesn't stay the same. I get your idea. You get my idea. I don't think i have enough evidence to prove that but i think that's one potential way to get out of the linkage i get the logic the linkage because i do feel that uh finn will be dying because what is he giving like what's the point of him (laughs) that brings us to the end of this week's episode as always if you're enjoying the vampire diaries or doppelgangers please tell your friends And also remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.